Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. I'm your host, Kurt Geyer. We have Eric Common. We have Austin Chandler. And we have Stephen Muller. And right out the gate, we're just going to go rip off the Band-Aid and do a veteran shout-out. And the next handful of episodes, TNK Hunting Gear has sponsored our veteran shout-out. If you listen to last week's podcast, I said, well, why do you need a sponsor to collect money for a veteran shout-out? We don't. They're giving gear to veterans. It's pretty cool with TNK. Um, follow them on all social media platforms. They are veteran-owned company. Veteran-owned, um, all-American-made gear, and very proud to not tell you to kiss their ass if you have a problem with anything <laughs> they do. So they're cool enough to... Send a bunch of bino harnesses, and we're going to give them away to the next pile of veteran shout-outs. Yep. So go to workingclassbowhunter.com, hit the contact tab, and there's a button there to submit a veteran for a veteran shout-out. Submit it there. The email comes to us, and we'll hopefully pick you and read it on the, the interweb podcast. All right, so the <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the veteran this week is uh, Laura Ligas and Branches Air Force. Laura is a give all, please everyone else. First down to Earth Girl, who uh, who I was lucky enough to meet and have a family with, and this is from uh, David, who uh, who wrote this in. David's a big supporter. Thanks, David. David is uh, good dude. He said, despite being uh, being a disabled veteran, she started bow hunting with me last year. She gets out uh, when possible, having two boys and being a full time student. She had a rough bow season with many close encounters and learned from the mistakes but made up for it and was successful with a monster doe during during rifle. It was also her first deer. Uh, big old nanny. Big old nanny. Congrats. So then it said, Laura had an extremely bad tragedy in the Air Force while being stationed over in Korea that led to uh, her being honorably discharged. Shortly after arriving home, she was a pedestrian hit by two cars in 2013 that led to a coma for 26 days with 26 surgeries. Jeez. Yeah. The doctor said it was a miracle she was alive but wouldn't be able to do much even with a full recovery. Uh, well, they were wrong. Uh, yes, she has many pain and nerve issues today, but she doesn't let that slow her down. Beyond all belief, 
uh, we are blessed to have a have our son Dylan, who's three now. Uh, he's been shooting a bow since he was two, but with a uh, without uh, his other sons, I would be lost. A family of bow hunts together sticks together. Thank you guys for honoring her and all the other veterans out there. You guys brighten my week with every new episode. David, thank you for writing that in. And uh, Laura, thank you for your service to this country. Holy shit, she's... <laughs> thank you, Laura. We appreciate that. Wow, yep. That's she's a badass. A, thank you. That, she's, that's a crazy she's You are a badass. That's, that's right. We hope you even look more like a badass with that TNK harness. That's pretty kick-ass. So, oh, yeah. Thank send, you so much. That's awesome. Send pictures of that uh, that dough when you can. Yeah, the, like the, monster. the monster. monster. Big old slick nanny. heads. Big that's old cool. nannies. Thanks for submitting that. The podcast mm. is brought to you by HHA Sports. Code WCB15 if you like to save yourself some money on a new HHA site or rest. I'm shooting the Tetra, and I got that baby dialed in this past weekend. Uh, Eric, you're shooting the... Tetra Max. Awesome. What are you shooting? Tetra. Steve's got Tetra. You're a Tetra yeah. boy as well. So. I, I like the Tetra. And all old, uh, Gene Miller's been dropping some bombs with his. He keeps sending snaps. <laughs> He's throwing some nice groups at 80 yards. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I got I to gotta really vouch for HHA and it's here's the thing with all our partners it's stuff we wanted to be sponsored by that's why they're our sponsors like, shit we believe in we got lucky to like get sponsored <laughs> by shit we like not that we, we wouldn't take a sponsor if we didn't like it but I just got the cure set up so when I get my Tetra on it's got the uh, the setup tape on it right so you, mm-hmm. how you know what sight tape you need I went in I have a big target luckily at my house and I have the, the space to shoot I got it dialed in at 20 yards at Shooter's Archery. Big shout-out to them. Then I came here, and I basically – my target's big enough. I guessed and went straight to 60 yards and rolled it and got – the first one, I rolled it too much, and I sent one into the trees. You should step your way back <laughs> hey, so you you're know. you're supposed to keep it out of the wood, bro. <laughs> I got cocky, right? So <laughs> then I'm, out of the wood, so then I'm like, all right, oops, dialed her down, back down, right, and shot. And I, I'm not bullshitting you. In 20 minutes, I had my sight tape on. And I shot today for the first time past 60 because I was trying to get my arm back because I hadn't shot in a couple weeks Mm -hmm. from switching bows and swapping everything out. And I shot 90 yards wasn't bad. I was hitting trees in my yard because the arc, so it's hard to tell where I was actually hitting. But all the way out to 80, I was sinking them in pretty good. And, I, dude, I'm, I'm telling you. It's just such a good feeling looking at one pin when you're out at 80 yards. Oh, yeah. And I kind of got garbage eyesight as it is. It's getting worse and worse. I think think the best feeling is, though, you can, you know, that 20 and 60 and then put the side tape on in 20 minutes. Yeah, it calibrates everything else for you. So I'm sighted in to right now the way my side will roll down. I'm going to mess with it and play with it. I'm from 10, well, I mean 20, but, you know, you're good 20 under typically. Mm -hmm. Uh, From 20 to 95 yards, I, I can shoot. So... Um, if you get set up better, you can do that, and then you can even put your own little hash marks if you want to play around shooting a little further. So easy. Have some fun. The old speed goats don't stand a chance. Let's hope not. Right. Let's I guess I'm mine in tomorrow. Yeah, we're going with the Buckstorm boys out to South Dakota, That's so right. the HHAs are going to be uh, put to work. Um, also, Scent Crusher. This is cool. Scent Crusher has been a partner of ours for a long time, and they have the – I should know the name of it uh, – they're, well, first of all, they're all their line of products, their new line of products just launched. We have something special that's working class edition coming from Scent Crusher. That's how we'll promote it because we're gonna, it's gonna roll out here within the next week. Um, really excited about it. Really proud of it. It's one of those things that at first you're kind of like what, but then you think about the functionality of it and mm-hmm. you are just like, oh shit, and it makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. Yep. I'm gonna pull up the uh, description of it because I don't want to mess it up, especially. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you don't want to butcher it? I don't want to butcher it because <laughs> every time we talk about the closets or the bags forever, we just butcher the names of them, you know? Um, yeah, it's not like the names on it or anything like so that. So the, the Scent Crusher <laughs> Rapid Mobile Ozone Shower Full Body Suit. So there's going to be a... I would have never guessed that. Right. See, I can't remember shit anyway. <laughs> I got a wage brain, remember? The body suit. That's what I would have called it. The body suit. By the um, way, the wage brain shirts are available at workingclassbowhunter.com. They will be, yes. Um, so this is a suit you put on that crushes the scent on your work clothes and your camo, and you wear it to wherever you're going. So no more... You know, if you don't want to put it in your gear bag and sit in your clothes and then change out, if, especially if it's cold, you can put your shit on, put the suit on, crush the scent on all your clothes while you're driving, and hop out of your truck and be ready to rock. That fits well, my program a lot it, better. I it, like that. It's the next step in basically touching no scent at all right to where you hit the woods where you're going to hit your access. Right. And then, like, say, like, if you're leaving work, if you leave and work, work right away and then head in the stand, you can put your camo yeah. on, throw the suit on. Jump in your truck and you're good to go. Especially when I'm covered in like John Deere gear oil, which oh, is yeah. daily. Ugh. This is going to be my shit. And we have a working class bow hunter edition version of this coming. Um, we will have a special link for it. So if this is something you're interested in, let us know. We're going to basically, we're going to have a click through link to where you can get to it and get this directly from Scent Crusher and they drop ship it right to you. And that, if you buy the working class edition, that helps support our show. Absolutely. So if this is something that interests you, we really appreciate if you wait and buy the working class version, uh, that would mean a ton to us. And it's pretty cool to have something from one of your partners, you know, they're giving back to us and it just says a lot about that company. So that's pretty fucking cool. Um, Thermosy is Steve's favorite company. I think that sponsors us basically just because of Joey <laughs> yeah. who owns Thermosy, but they actually make great stuff. It's, how do you word it? I, I'm going to cut that clip out of him saying it. If you're cold, we got stuff to make your butt warm. If you're warm, we got stuff to make your butt cool. Right. And then, like, I just need to cut that out from ATA like two years ago. <laughs> and just that'll just be the ad. They, uh, they, man, they're they're an all American all American company. They started with an idea, all of a sudden blossom into they're in almost every single farm fleet, or if you're in Wisconsin, fleet farm. But <laughs> it's a it's a great story and great people and a great product, dude. Uh, a lot of, you know, you guys get out there hunting and, you know, your ladder stands that you left out for years and years don't have a seat anymore. And there you go, a thermos seat. Yep. They're on, I mean, you can, they make replacement seats for your tree stands. They make, basically, you can swap them out. Any style seat for any tree stand. Yeah, we have a bunch of work. They even do custom ones. Like, we have a bunch of working class bow hunter thermos seat, um, like double pads for tree stand seats. Can be, we actually, you guys are sitting on them in the studio. Yeah, I'm sitting on one right now. Absolutely. I want to try this. For comfort of our guests um also victory archery cool thing about victory is they make fucking kick-ass arrows i'm shooting the rip tkos again i can't switch man i've had too good of luck with those arrows and i don't want to switch i love them i have i mean i don't know how many animals i put a victory arrow with <laughs> a lot like right. a lot of slick heads have died to my victory arrows. rip tko are you shooting victories, Austin? Yep, I'm shooting rip TKOs through the compound, and I've just kind of started dipping my toes in the traditional game. So mm -hmm. they make a, a carbon traditional arrow. It looks like wood, but it's actually a carbon arrow. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I'm rocking some of those through the old longbow, and they that's awesome. They've got some serious kinetic energy. You got like a 80 grain insert and shooting like a 175 tip on them. So that's kick got ass. Some weight up front. So yeah, you're using victory on two different whole levels of the archery game. That's yep. pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, they're sweet. What are, you're going to shoot rip TKO, TKOs, aren't you? Or you're no, I went, TKOs. I went with the extortions this year. Oh fuck, you did. Yep. All right, sorry. Extortions, yeah. 
I had to pull it up. I couldn't remember the name of them. So I pulled <laughs> See, up real quick. That's wage brain. Wage brain, yeah. I love how we created our own term just to blame our <laughs> stupidity on. Because <laughs> we can't remember. Dude, you think about it, the wage brain named itself. It did. Yeah, it's like it was smart enough to recognize what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but also not smart enough to ever get past yeah. <laughs> the fucking grade five. Um, also, Gator Outdoors is a proud, I, I hope they're proud to sponsor our show. I'm proud that they sponsor our show and believe in us. We just got um, a package of True Timber camo that has Gator Outdoors printed all over the back of it. It's awesome. They uh, they are a dealer for True Timber camo. They are a dealer for basically everyone that we're partners with. I think they're dealers for, which is really cool. GatorOutdoors.com. Um, we have a couple awesome podcasts coming up with those boys. And good people. It's a, one of the top lifestyle brands. Um, it's hard to explain. Just check out Gator Outdoors on all social. I don't think you'll regret it. They're a very passionate and family-focused brand, and we are proud to represent them. That's right. Um, Elite Cures are shooting awesome. I'm really liking that bow, man. I don't know. I I, I feel bad saying I like it more than my ritual because, you know, I just, I'm just i just getting to know my cure, you know? I think that's what we say every year, though. Every time we're, we come out with a new one, we're like, ah, God, how can they make this any better? And all of a sudden, yeah. we shoot the next year's model, and we're like, fuck they didn't make it better yeah it's <laughs> you know what i mean it's also like that new bow vibes true new bow true. goofing you know new bow goofing <laughs> like, easy oh, payments yeah. dude that's yeah. a that's a fucking t-shirt right new there. new bow goofing all right new bow we'll goofing. The new bow goofing. i'm God. writing that down all right fuck all you other podcasts that are trying to steal that's ours <laughs> you heard it here first what, what's the date <laughs> so we don't get sued in court josh mcdaniel set ours up and dude killed it killed it it's awesome um big time we just took a tour of the Big Time facility. We got did. to hang out with Joe Humphrey. It's got a podcast coming with Big Time. We got... Very impressive facility. Oh, dude, it's awesome. It's crazy. Big Time is a kick-ass brand, and there's kick-ass people behind that company. And if you can use their supplemental feed in your state, I highly recommend it. If you can't, I mean, even if you can use it, still check out their food plot seed. But for me in Illinois, me in Austin, we have we had to rely on their food plot seed. So mm-hmm. the clover, the buck brunch, the last stand, all the other ones they have. They have something for everyone if you're looking in, into something. And the podcast coming up, Joe walks through some of that stuff and some of the fall plots and options they have coming out. Um, so check out Big Time. We have a code WCB2020. Saves you 20% on everything on BigTime.com. Right. Yeah, I had to up my, uh, self, my cell service on my cell cam because there got too many pictures coming through. <laughs> <laughs> Good problems to have. Good problems to have. Also, Old Barn Taxidermy. Um, man, that is another. I feel good about our partners, man, because there's like good people behind them all, and it just makes you feel right when you go there and nobody's a dick. You know what I mean? Right. Like right. sometimes someone's a dick, and you're like, oh, man, that's yeah. okay, but everybody else is cool. You go to Old Barn, nobody's a dick, and that's like if you've shot your first deer or your first big buck that you're wanting to get mounted, the last thing you want is to like feel intimidated about your decisions, and you right. want someone you you almost do need someone to hold your hand a little bit and walk you through the steps. Yeah, they'll tell you what you need because you don't know what you need yet. Right, and they're going to walk you through like where you're going to put it in your house, like what position do you want, yep. all that shit. So they're going to like sit down with you and actually go through it. Yeah, very cool. I have my bear is there now. They've done a handful of my whitetails. Um, dude, Sam is like. One of the best in the country at full bear mounts, rugs, ha- anything bears. That's his. That's his gig. And they're starting to do deer processing down there also. That's kick ass. So it's gonna be a one stop shop. You can take it in there, get your deer butchered, and then also have a taxidermist right there. Yep. Time's slipping away from me. I need to get a hold of Sam about doing that outpost thing here at the studio because, yeah, dude, it's like I'll blink and it'll be November, and I'll be like, hey, 
The freaking corn's already starting to turn right now. I know it's scary. Is it really? Yeah, the I think they. Coming. I think they just added a fish guy too, like a yep. world-renowned fish yep. guy. I've so that's that something that's kind of special locally. We don't have anybody that's really like killing it on the fish side. So that's pretty sweet. And birds, they brought in like yep. a, a, just a killer of a bird taxidermist. And Sam Sam Gaylord, the owner of Old Barn, is not a dumb dude. Mm. No, he's super smart. He's got dude. He's got it all figured out. That guy is so business minded. And just innovative and truly like a step ahead. Like he's he's an inspiring guy to, to know and be around. It's Easy cool. to talk to. Easy like, to talk to. Yeah, yeah. He's one of those dudes you want to hug him. You know, all every time. I do hug him whether, whether he wants to hug us back or not. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's getting hugged. <laughs> Even during COVID, we hug him. Yeah. All right. We should get on the podcast. Thank you for listening to our partners. We appreciate all of them. And here's the intro, and we got to get to our special guest this week. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Mutt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter podcast. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. Working class bow hunter. You're listening to the working class bow hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like working class bow hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 all right, on the phone with us, we have a man who doesn't need much introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. We got Chris Kiefer. Chris, how you doing? Good, man. How you guys doing? Yeah, living the dream, Good, baby. Man. Good. Thanks for joining us, man. I know after our interviews with Aaron, we didn't think you'd want anything to do with us, <laughs> but, so we do appreciate that. I just took it out on him. No worries. Good. Yeah, just give him some lashings. <laughs> yeah, Doc his pay a little bit. Yep, yep. He's he's uh, yeah. He's definitely on PPP program for COVID right now. Forget that. <laughs> yeah, quarantine. That's what just what we'll call that. Yeah, um, yeah. So, man, I know most people are familiar with who you are and what you do, but just maybe give that you know tell everyone who you are. But I want to dive a little deeper and talk about like how you got into what you're doing as well. Once you do that, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I can give you a little bit of background. I think uh, most people would recognize me from Drop. Um, I think the the show on the outdoor channel. Um, so basically with drops, my brother and I, Casey, um, we're kind of the known, I'm, I think more as the Kiefer brothers than anything, just the two of us together. Um, and so even my mom has a hard time kind of separating us, right? Like which one's which, but we're not twins. Uh, oh, you're not I'm older. No, we're not twins. Everybody's like, are you twins? We're not. I'm actually four years older than Casey. Oh, shit. So, holy shit. I thought you guys were twins. I just thought that was the deal. Yeah, no, everybody thought that. Everybody does. So, yeah, so there's actually a third Kiefer brother, and we, and we always kind of make fun of him because he's always like, yes, I am a Kiefer brother. I'm just the one that nobody knows, so it's kind of fun. <laughs> That's so, hilarious. Yeah, so, yeah, so I'm just uh, – I'm the older of the, of the of the Kiefer brothers, and, uh, you know, we've, we've been in the industry for about, oh, I think probably 18, 19 years now, but um, I think in television about 15 Um 
and yeah, so we're, we're known for dropped, I think, and we do uh, 30 days in the middle of the wild, whether it be Alaska, New Zealand, Yukon, you name it. We go in, no food, no provisions, just live off the land. Uh, and we've been doing that show going on eight seasons right now. And then we have another show that was on, it was a whitetail show called Rival Wild uh, for about four or five seasons on Sportsman Channel. And uh, yeah, so we've been we've been in television for a very long time. And those are the two shows that uh, that we had before, and that we're continuing to film. And then, just real quick, our last kind of adventure, we did a travel channel show called Code of the Wild. Um, that was a lot of fun. It was totally non-hunting related. It was like uh, basically the most treacherous places in the world. We were looking for like lost treasures and crazy stuff that had never been found. And so we got to kind of fly over the world and do that show, which was a lot of fun. So yeah, a lot of production background. That's, That's awesome. really cool, man. And when you did the drop series, what was your favorite place out of all of those? Um, my favorite place, I mean, it's a, it's, it really is. It's tough because Alaska is absolutely unbelievable. It's it, it's like there's something about the wilds of Alaska that just like once you're there, it's just it's in your soul. You're just that's it. Like you have to go back. Yeah. Um, I think from a beauty standpoint. New Zealand is probably one of my favorite places in the world to be. And we, I've been, I've been lucky enough to be there multiple times and just the people there and like how everything goes down is just amazing there. But I don't know, man, Alaska is just something about it. Yeah, I can see that. I've never been to either one of those places. So I'm just imagining what I've seen from your show. And TV <laughs> I don't think anyone here has. Like, yeah, I understand, yeah. but I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about too. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, we talked a little bit the other day and you were kind of talking about all the because you said you've been in this industry a long time and i'm sure when people like add up some of the seasons you've done they're like man that doesn't add up to like 18 years but you guys have yep. done a ton in this industry that a lot of people might not even know was your guys's work yeah i think you know there's a the, the, our, our kind of path to the industry is a little different than most um but uh, it kind of starts out, Casey and I were guides. Um, and so we kind of started guiding. So I went to, I went to, I went to college, played hockey, was an athlete, was this, you know, and then realized like there's zero Stanley Cups in my future. It's not happening. <laughs> I, could, I could barely get out of bed in the morning. And, uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to do kind of what I missed, which was I loved hunting. I grew up in Pennsylvania and, you know, I grew up chasing rabbits with grandpa, you know, that kind of stuff. So I, I loved hunting, but hockey, really took it away from both of us all three of the brothers we all played at collegiate level and then my other brother my youngest one he actually went on won a couple of ncaa rings and then went off into the into the pros so oh, cool. we, hockey was like a way of life um and so we got into the hunting side like once that started to kind of dwindle down and started guiding and i actually was guiding a tv show at the time and I'm going to date myself, but the show was on like, uh, versus of the man channel, which, you know, was back in the day. I think versus was actually TNT at that time. So yeah, yeah I'm about to throw myself out there, TNN or something. But anyway, so this, the show was on and I guided this gentleman and he asked us, Casey and I to go on an actual, uh, unguided hunt that was up in Adak Island, Alaska. And so we, we basically were like, yeah, we'll do it. It's, it's a free hunt for us. Like we're in. Mm hmm. So, so I called Casey and we went and, uh, we, we kind of hopped on a Bering Creek, a Bering Sea crab boat and we took off and we started filming and, um, it was incredible. Like we lived out there for 12 days on the island and it was kind of like the first seeding of drop, but it really wasn't dropped. It was a show called Backcountry Quest. Mm -hmm. And we did that for about seven years, that show. Well, in the process of that, we got into the industry via the production. So once we got into it, it's like, there's a long story there, but 
we, we, we committed to the industry. We're like, we're going to try and do this in television. And we met our partner, Jason Brown. And he was like uh, our business partner. He was kind of like, Hey, you guys do what you do in front of the camera and I'll do what I do behind the camera. And then maybe we ought to start this business together. So we, we talked about it and we did, we, we just merged everything together and we formed a, a production house called rusted rooster. Mm-hmm. Um, and rooster has been, I mean, we have done so many productions. I think I was saying at one time in the outdoor channel, I think we were doing between 12 and 13 shows on the outdoor channel. <laughs> we were actually producing them at the same time. No as we were kidding. doing ours. Damn. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. So was so, so you're basically you're and I don't want to say they're competition, but nope. I mean, did you ever look at it that way, or you're just, it can't be really looked at as competition at that point? You're just you're producing what you love to do. Yeah. No, I never really did. I mean, we were, we've been fortunate enough to work with some of the greats. You know, like uh, Levi Morgan. His first show was called Name the Game, and we were able to kind of develop that with him and do a couple seasons of that with him, which is amazing. And of course, you know, he's Levi, so. I mean, he's just an amazing guy. So I never looked at it as competition, right? I always looked at it as we were actually running a business behind the scenes, and then I had a day job of being in front of the camera. Yeah, um, so I kind of cool, looked, I kind of looked, I kind of looked at it that way. And you know, we've done everything from uh, we Pigman, and and we've done Harlem Bullhunter. Or uh, Jason did kind of the very, very early onset of HB. Um, we've done you know, family traditions, live in the hunt, the pre first unit. I mean, there's so many that we've done over the years and it's just been a blast to see people go on. The whitetail fix is another one. I mean, they're sure there'll be a hundred more that come to me, but we did all that. And then that led to kind of the marketing side of things. So we had rusted rooster. We were doing a bunch of productions. We were doing a bunch of commercials and those commercials were, we were kind of trying to elevate the production in this, in this space. Mm-hmm. And so as that was happening, it, it, there was a need for marketing that matched it in our space. And so we opened up the marketing patch marketing division and we started doing tons of branding for a lot of the products that you see in the market today. We did right in studio and this is all kind of happening behind the scenes. And so there was a nine to five job of running a production studio and a marketing agency inside of the world of hunting and then looking at our competitors, if you will, but they really weren't, you know, like, yeah, we all had sponsors and everybody, but at the same time, like I wanted them to have the best show and we wanted to do the best marketing work. And then they became sponsors and it just, it grew. I think there was three of us when we started it and there was 36, uh, when a very short period of time, we were kind of running 36 full-time people and just doing nothing but hunts. It was, it's pretty incredible. Damn dude. That's that is a, badass. That's an amazing story, man. Damn. That's cool. Like you kind of you saw a a space in the outdoor world and filled it very quickly and kind of created a whole new level of marketing and media and in the whole outdoor world and it's pretty impressive, man. Yeah, yeah, it's been fun, man. I think there was like there was. You're right. There's a little bit of an opening there. You know, there was an incredible wave of outdoor television, and there were some people that really paved the way. You know, Michael and the the bone collector crew and. And the juries, uh, you know, the, Tiffany and Lee, they really paved the way for the new age of te- uh, kind of like outdoor television. And then mm-hmm. that young, like kind of that other wave came in and it just, we just happened to be in that wave. And production was such a big thing at that moment because you have to remember, like I was shooting on tape, man. So like we were actually <laughs> like, we were, we were like digesting tape, like ingesting tape in like one at, at a real time. Like there was no drag and drop clips, you know what I mean? And so 
we didn't even have an HD camera back then. So like everything, like the minute the 5D DSLR came out, it was like, wait, what? What is this thing? <laughs> it's witchcraft. Know? So yeah, it is. It, it was crazy. It's I mean, <laughs> I, it, it was. It was witchcraft. My, the first drone we ever bought was like fifty thousand dollars and it wrecked like in a, oh, like six minutes like, oh, like, shit. Like, literally do you have you insurance on i just say you have insurance policy on that some bitch yeah, right away yeah. we, we did for the first two and then after that they wouldn't insure it i mean that's what it was like <laughs> and, 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 liability you know, only these, yeah now you got these you know the, these mavics and all this stuff that are out there super easy to use cameras already built in you know so there's this evolution that's happened and it was fun to be at the beginning of that and push the limits of production that, that was that was always our goal did, did you ever have anyone along the way? And I'm sure you still get this. And like, we get a very minute uh, flavor of this reaction from people who have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. But I'm sure you get people that look at you and kind of like snub you and say, well, you're just a TV hunter and you get to do all this stuff. But little do they know the hustle of everything you guys are doing behind the right. scenes. Yeah, I think, um, I think if. I think there's some people out there that, that, that do act that way, you know, like I'm a hunter and I'm on TV and look at me, yay me. And you know, it, it is what it is. Like people have egos like, I don't care for it. But I think for us, I think we've always preferred to be behind the scenes and running a business. Um, and so yes, we're in front of the camera. Yes. We're very lucky to do what we do there. Um, but we created that, like we hustled and created that. Right. Yeah. So, uh, we found a niche and we're like, okay, we're going to go do it. Um, and dropped is what really set it off. I mean, you know, there's a lot of whitetail stuff out there that was fun, but we needed to separate ourselves from the pack at that moment. Cause the competition that was coming in real tree road trips was launching. There was all these shows that were like brand new that were coming in and we're like, okay, like I remember seeing the bone collector for the very first time before, like six months before it even came out, I had got to look at a trailer and I'm like, Oh, like we better do something fast. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so we created Dropped, and it was fun because we were sitting in the office one night in the production studio, drinking Red Stag and, and passing the whiskey around, and we're like, let's go do like a 30-day, or it started out as a 14-day trip. And we're like, let's go do 14 days, and then we drank a little more, and then it turned into like, and then it turned into a month, and then we drank the rest of the bottle, and then somehow Casey's like, we should just take no food and see what happens. And I'm like, well, that sounds great. Just a bottle so, of Red Stag. Yeah, so, so we did that. Booze. Yeah, yeah. Were you, were you guys yeah, scared at all going into that, or was it just like, hey, fuck it, we're going to figure it out? Yeah, I think it was a little bit of both. It was interesting. So back then at that time, you know, and, and for people that don't know that, you know, all these television shows, they buy their airtime, right? It's like you buy airtime and you go on there, right? And so we actually went to them and we're like, we're not doing that. So you actually buy it from us. That's the, we're gonna we're gonna come up with an idea that you actually buy. It. That was the first time that it kind of approached that way. Yeah, and I'll never. We didn't have a name for the show. Um, we were just going to go do this and we didn't have a name and we were in the meeting with one of the executives at the channel and uh, we we're at SHOT Show and he's like, let me get this straight. You guys are going to get dropped in the middle of nowhere for 30 days with no food and film it and then that's going to be the show. And I was like, yeah. And then he goes, hold on one second and he left the room and as soon as he left the room, like Casey and Jason and I all looked at each other like, it's called dropped. It's called dropped. Because <laughs> that guy basically said, you know, we were getting dropped. And then so the guy comes back and he's like, all right, what are we calling it? And I was like, it's called dropped. And he's like, oh, great name. I'm like, oh, thanks. <laughs> you acted like you had it planned out for months. <laughs> what does that yeah, guy know? Yeah, acted like that. Yeah. And so we literally got dropped and we're like, holy shit, this is real. Like you get dropped in the middle with no food. The guy, the, the pilot, he basically was like, you're crazy. I'll be back in a week. 
And we were like, okay, we got to do this. And so we were forced to do it. And I think that's why season one is so special because by the time we get to season eight, we've taken like a year and a half break at drop because after eight seasons, the surprise element has gone a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like season one, I'm in the Brooks range. I'm on the wind river and I'm like, I've never spent a month in the bush of Alaska in the Brooks range of my life. So like, I don't know what's going to happen around the next bend. By the time season eight rolled around, I had done, you know, eight, nine months by myself in the bush. Right. So it's yeah. kind of like, you know what I mean? So it's like, let's take a break and let's get the, get the energy back. And then we'll come back with a vengeance and see what we got for in store for the next drop. Right. So, so real quick, while we're talking about dropped, where can people find dropped at? Uh, right now it's on MOTV. Uh, I think they're running all seven seasons. And then on Amazon Prime, I think uh, Dropped is on there. You might have to have a subscription, I think, for MOTV, but you can check it out on Prime too. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. That, dropped is the one show my dad watches some outdoor TV, but it's very rare that he gets attached to like the personality or like the premise of the show. Right. But Dropped was that one show that my dad's like, man, I love these fucking guys. These guys are fucking awesome. <laughs> you know? And so when I told him that I was having you guys on the podcast, he's like, oh, badass. You know, like he thought that was so cool. But the whole time yeah. before, he's like, you should get those guys on. Like, you suck, Kurt. You're a failure. Get those guys on the podcast. <laughs> it's like, uh, all, all your experience, you know, everything that you've built up has been great so far, but you not got good keeper. Yeah, right. it's not, not for Papa Dave. <laughs> but my dad's into that, like, style of show, you know what I mean? So that just, like, hit, yep. hit what he, he was interested in. Um, well, that's how I am, too. With Dropped, and then I start watching Alone, which is kind of the same thing mm. with a bunch of different people. Yep. So it's yeah. like, I love that style of shit. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's, and it, it's kind of crazy real quick on the drop thing. Like we, we weren't trying to like being in Alaska for 30 days. I mean, a lot of people have done it, right? It's not, that's, that wasn't the part of it. I think what we tried to change in outdoor television is every single episode that you watched was contained. So like, if you went to Kansas, you guys know, like you hunt, like I've hunted 50 days in Kansas and only made one episode. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? And so at the end of the day, like what we wanted to do is go to Alaska and whatever happened in that month, we told it, but you had to watch every Tuesday to see what happened next versus right. like you were going to, so we did the first kind of arc show in outdoor. And I think that's where people got drawn in is they, they didn't want to miss it on a Tuesday because the story wasn't over. And right. that was like the first, that was like how we positioned it in our minds was let's tell it like that. You right. You're start. not, you're not trying to compress 30 days into 10 episodes. Yeah. No, not at all. And oddly enough, you mentioned alone. So right now, our vice president of studio is uh, Zach Green, and he was the executive producer of Alone for seven seasons. Oh, that's so it's a perfect fit. I freaking yeah, love so that it's show. It's a perfect, per- perfect fit. You know, I mean, it just made sense. So yeah, it's it. We love that show as well, and it's 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 all good. You know, it's 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 that concept of just being out there and the challenge. I mean, shit, fucking hungry, man. Like Thirty <laughs> right. days. I mean. Did, did you like notice? Did you? Oh yeah, I was gonna say I just go for a easy weight loss. Well, not easy, but just like, <laughs> yeah. just like, damn, yeah. I'm not drinking bush light, barely eating anything at all. I'm hiking a lot. Damn, like, dang, how how did you lose all that yep. weight, Kurt? Dropped, man. It's, 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 it's a drop yeah. diet. Um, yeah. Did you notice a big change after that season launched in like popularity or recognition, or did it always? You know what I mean? You see what I'm getting at a yeah. little bit. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So there was two things that set aside in our career that basically, like, from a recognition standpoint. Now, I mean, listen, we're, we're not walking red carpets. I mean, when you talk recognition, I'm talking ponderosas and county fairs, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, Bass so, Pro Shops. You know, and- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of fun with a lot of people, but you go into a bar and a man's got a camo on, he's probably seen drop, which is fun, right? Yeah, so right. At, the end of the, at the end of the day, like, 
there was two things. There was a Nikon Monarch Awards that was back uh, about a year before we started Dropped. And we, Nikon was a sponsor of ours. And they used to do this big thing where everybody that was part of their pro staff would do this highlight reel. So you had the juries, you had Realtree, you had like, I mean, everyone that was a part of Nikon at that time. And um, you had to do this highlight reel. And we're like nobodies. Like we were, we were like season two or three of Backcountry Quest. Like we didn't even come into the scene and we we're like, you know, the who's who of the industry is going to be in that room and we have got to blow their socks off. So we actually did a production that uh, we ended up calling it Visionaries where we shot at a doctor's office and we literally pretended and, and, and looked like we got binoculars welded to our faces and I got a, I got a rangefinder welded to my face and then Casey and I were like, driving around like scouting with these things welded to our faces and we shot this video and then we added all the highlight and instead of just like rock and roll music and highlight we did this visionary thing and that was like we walked out of that that giant room with all those people and that's the first time like david blanton ever walked up he's like i'm david blanton you're awesome and i've had a, and i love david from that day forward you know what i mean like it was just like it happened it changed and then dropped after the first season aired um i don't even know how to explain it man it just blew up i mean it just was what it was and it was so much fun and people were writing in and saying they were crying watching the show they were doing i'm like well if you're watching a hunting show and that's happening like we're doing something right we might as well stick with it so we did yeah. for eight more seasons <laughs> That's, that's really awesome, Freaking man. Hilarious. You, guys, you guys got marketing brains for sure, I can tell. I got a wage brain, you get a marketing brain. That's it's Exactly. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's it. 100% right. It's just wild. You guys make it seem so real. You guys make Survivor look like pro wrestling. And how do you feel after, um, you know, after a 30-day, you're out there for a month? Because it, there is a big, big market for a lot of people, like when they mentioned, what Eric mentioned alone. People like seeing, you know, you guys go into that primal mode where this is survival at its at its finest. What absolutely? What's that feeling like trying to come back uh, for you personally? Trying to come back to society after surviving out in well, the out in the bush for that long? Well, it's, it it really is unbelievable. Like it is the most calming thing. Uh, you know, you get about a weekend. You get through kind of the anxiety of being out there. You get into a groove, and then it becomes like every single day your object is to wake up and go to sleep. So you, you don't think about the modern-day stuff like texting or checking your Facebook or Instagram. No, it just goes away. It's weird. Uh, you don't even think about it. But when you come out the other side, it's the most bittersweet moment when the plane's coming because you just did it, but now you have to leave. Mm -hmm. And so like, you come back out, and there's weird things like the first time you step on pavement is weird because you've been in dirt for a month yeah, and, that's you've interesting. And, you, and, and you've been outside for a month. So the first time you come into a building and you hear an echo or like you feel like you're, <laughs> it's weird. It's gotta be, you've been outside for one month. That's it's interesting like, as hell. It's gotta be like a reset button. Just kind of figure out like, Hey, kind of realize what the well, hell is it, going it on around you. It shows you how quick, like, you become sort of like a wild animal. Like you, you went feral. <laughs> right. Like yes. it's that's seriously it. like that's, that's, that's funny. To think about. What yeah, do they dude. say? Like a you take a domestic pig, you let it go in three days, it starts growing cutters. Yeah, like it's think about that. Fast. Like any animal, you let it go and you don't bring it back into like what we've created as this artificial civilization. You're gonna end up being feral over time. Like I bet you, if you were out there for ten years with that, you'd probably be feral as all hell. Oh Jesus. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, you do. I mean, your smell, like your sense of smell. Think about it. All you smell is campfire and fresh air. So, like, I walk into the airport and it's perfume and lady and wind, oh. and you're like, what the? I mean, it's like, oh, I am the, you're, you're like a white-tailed deer in rut, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Get that I mean, fresh smell of punene. Yeah, you're making scrapes. You're rubbing holes. You don't know what's going on. You come home. It's a different ball game. So, so I'm just getting out of prison. Chris, are you married? Finger. I am, yep. Uh, 18 years. I feel oh, bad damn. for your wife when you got back off that trip. Oh, trust me. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> well, be, probably yeah. before he leaves, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Both on both sides. <laughs> what up? Yeah. So being anywhere on any season from dropped, I mean, you know, I, I've heard rumor of this wolf attack, and I got to ask yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So that was in the Yukon. I think it, no, that was in Alaska season seven, I think maybe. Yeah. They're all run together, but it was in, it was in, it was in Alaska. And, uh, I was, uh, I was basically, I was going after a caribou and, uh, we saw a caribou go down in this ditch. And so I kind of went around and, and, and Casey went the other way and we just thought the caribou was going to come out the other side. And we're thinking, Neil, we're hungry. Like we're shooting this caribou. It's going to be great. And I got into some thick tag alders and whatnot. And so when I got in there, we carry 10 millimeter Glock on our sides, uh, G20. So I basically slung the rifle around my back and then grabbed the 10 millimeter and just racked one just in case. Cause I, you know, and bears and stuff in there and tag all you can't see. Yeah. And there was like a bunch of moss and I was jumping. I was super quiet and I was basically jumping from moss to moss. And when I jumped on like the fourth moss, I just like looked up and my 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 intuition tells me it was fight or flight. I, I this I don't think this wolf was stalking me necessarily. It was lone wolf. It was an old wolf. It was like eighteen or something like that. Eighteen no years old. I got the teeth. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So it was probably kicked out, you know. But um, yeah, I literally looked up. It's coming. It was just white and it was coming at me. And I'm like, not a caribou, right? Like, yeah. You just look at it. And so I literally drew. I shot the first time. I hit it uh, high in the back. It lunged. I shot the second time too quick, missed it, and the third time I shot it basically directly into, directly between the eyes at like oh, I don't know, maybe three feet, and then I fell down, and I'm just laying there, and I'm like, oh my, like I'm shaking. Cameraman was behind me. It was recording, and he was like freaking out as well. And then I immediately went to how many other wolves are around? No right? shit. Like, yeah. Is it one? Am I? I mean, am I gonna? Am I? What am I doing here? So because they're Once animals. we realized that, yeah, and then Casey was in the tag holders on the other side well he hears three shots from the glock that's not a caribou right so right. he panics and he starts coming through the brush like but then he's also thinking what's in this brush right so there's right. this whole like you don't know what's going to happen so he's trying to make his way through and he's yelling from down below and i basically uh i got so jazzed up once i realized what happened i grabbed the wolf i put it on my shoulder and start running like just because I wanted to get out of the, like where I could, I wanted to get out of like the tightness. I wanted to get where I could see just yeah, in yeah. case there was other ones. So I grabbed it and ran out and then I dropped it and I was standing there and I started walking down and I'm going to, I'm yelling at Casey, like I'm okay. Well, when he comes up, I'm covered in blood because I had it on my shoulders. Oh, so I'm covered in blood and I'm standing there looking at him and he's like, Oh my God. And he's like, you're all right. And he's grabbing me and like ripping my jacket off. I'm like, what are you doing? And then he's like, you're covered. I'm like, it's not mine. But like, it was just this intense moment. But, uh, yeah, it was a crazy, crazy moment. And it, 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 I don't know, man. It's just like wrong place, wrong time. I just happened to draw and got lucky and it could have easily went the other way and I'd have been, you know, pretty damaged. So, so did you have to change your britches after that one? 
I was pretty nervous. Let's just say I wish I would have had a couple beers with me on that. Been, <laughs> oh, I bet. I'd have I been bet. shotgunning right there in the middle of that, uh, that uh, okay. mountain. I can tell I got to ask you, did you eat the wolf? No, I did not. Uh, I was hungry, and by the time I skinned it out and I looked at it and we thought about it, and there was something about canine that I just was not that hungry yet. That, that's so, why I asked. I was interested. I was just wanted to know, like, yep. were you to that point at that moment? Because it's like no. kind of like a – Something with humankind and like man's best friend, like the canine. It's like there's a code there. Yeah, no, I didn't. As a matter of fact, I skinned it and then I buried it. Um, and within like two days, I think it was it was already uncovered. Right, if something had found it was uncovered. But I, I didn't I didn't eat it. We had fish at that moment, so I did have some grayling. So I felt like, nah, I'm good. And there's you know between all the worms and stuff, sometimes with canine, you got to be super careful. So. I skinned it and I put it out and it was uh, dried it, salted it, and kept it. And then I got it remounted in my office and it's like basically a full body mount coming out, like attacking, just how I remember it. So, oh, so, so that's freaking crazy. That's it, badass. Man. Since it was eighteen years old, like was it a big wolf or was it kind of like worn out? Yeah, no, it was a pretty big wolf. Um, it was. Uh, I want to say it was over six foot. I mean, it was. Uh, it was a hell of a wolf. Holy shit, so, dude! I shot a bear in Wyoming this past spring and it was. Six four, six two, six four. So a, yeah, a six foot. That's insane. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty pretty big wolf. Um, I mean, to me it was the it was like to me it looked like it was in like Game of Game of Thrones or something. Like when oh, I yeah. saw it, you know what I mean. I was like, this is incredible. So, so I sent it to you, Kurt. So you got it, buddy. Oh, cool, awesome, man. I'll, yep. I'll, here, let me check and see if I got it yet. You know, I'm like so when I grew up, I always thought wolves were like the size of regular dogs. Like, I, I never understood how big they were, and seeing a couple people like that of, oh, man, look at that Yeah, thing. That, that's a big wolf. Holy sure. shit. God. Yeah. Yeah, that's enough to uh, <laughs> make me want to shoot it with a Glock. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. Yeah. I don't know. Wolf steak sounds pretty good right about now, though. <laughs> dude, I drink like, <laughs> it just takes me like six bush lights, and I'm ready to eat canine. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it just does something just to six? me. <laughs> He's looking, I'm like, I, I can yeah. eat that dog right there. Like six tall boys. I yeah, yeah. I eat some wolf. Fuck it, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta try everything once, right? Hey, you know, just depends. Yeah. <laughs> it just depends. What about bears, man? Like, did they ever give you any trouble? Yes, I mean, bears are just nuisance animals anyway. The, the hard part about being Alaska at that point is. Well, um, can I stop you for a second, real quick? Yeah, and, yep. and, and I'm sort of asking this question a little bit because Austin Chandler, which is guest hosting this week, he has a trip for moose next fall in Alaska in the Yukon, right? Yes. And so I'm kind of – and I'm not asking this to scare Austin. Yeah, as if I needed to be any more scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm asking to he's, make him aware because I care about him. He's you know? canceling the trip. I, I just listened to a story about a guy getting damn near attacked by a 200-pound dog, so let's go ahead and fire up the bear story. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Kiefer, well, would you tell us about yeah. bears? <laughs> well, well, let me scare the shit out of you. So basically, yes, they're everywhere, uh, and they're dangerous <laughs> as fuck, so you got to be careful. Um <laughs> But no, the, the, so the difference is like the hard part for us was it uh, we, we were unguided. You can't shoot a brown or a grizzly. Um, so like even if they charge, it's DOL, it's defensive life, right? And so we, like they've charged up to like twenty feet, and the only the only thing we could do is yell "Hey bear," and that became like a thing for us. We're like apparently it works because every time we yell "Hey bear," it, you know we haven't gotten attacked yet, but we've had them so close. I mean, we're basically take the raft and put it between us and then when the bear's coming you just kind of kick the raft at them because it's like at least enough to deter them and that was kind of our signal if they got to the raft we're shooting 
Yeah. If they didn't get to the rack, we weren't shooting. That was kind of our thing, and it was like, and we've only had to draw, I think, twice. But for the most part, there's you're around them enough. You see the false charges. You see kind of their their mentality. They change their gait. They'll run like one foot in front of the other, and then all of a sudden, both feet will start going. And when that happens, it's like, yep, he, that she's not stopping. So there's a there's a lot. I've been woke up. There's a scene, and I think season one where um, we call it the hay bear moment. I was actually laying in the tent. And I was dreaming, thinking that my lab was, like, licking my face. And it was actually, like, sniffing. And then all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my. And I woke up. And the bear was just sniffing on the outside of the tent, just, like, bumping. <laughs> oh, fuck bumping that. My head. And I'm fuck like, that. holy shit. So you had so, a bear yeah, sniff I mean, your face, pretty much. Yes. Yeah, basically sniffed my face. And it was like we jumped up and the cameras turned on. And, like, the bear was just rubbing up against the side of the tent. He was just bumping it back and forth. And so, yeah, it was crazy. But uh, that's when we started yelling, hey, bear. And then. Then the worst is you're in a tent, you can't see shit. So you're just in this tent, and you're like, where is it? You, you, know? hear, you so, hear that noise of a sniffing like a dog. <laughs> exactly. And, you, and then, you, you know, you don't want to shoot through the tent because you don't know. I mean, you, you know, it could be a cub. It could be, a uh, you know, a sow with cub. You don't know, so you're not going to shoot through the tent. So we had, we had one of the one of the camera guys said uh, when we got up there, he said, we, we kind of picked our spots. In season one, we had a tent, and he's like, man – this is bullshit. I got by the front door and I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, dude, the bear comes. I'm by the front door. And I'm like, you think he's going to unzip it? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like, know where the front door is. <laughs> yeah. And we started laughing. We're like, yeah, I guess really if he's coming, he's coming. There's no unzipping. You yeah. Know what I mean? oh, yeah. Right. He's not getting in the Coleman tent, baby. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys see exactly. that? Did you guys see that video of that bear? It floated around online where that bear knocked the front door in from someone's house. I haven't seen it. It, no. it. it was floating around the internet like recently. Like yeah. A, this like bear grizzly? No, it's like a, uh, I think it's a black bear, and it just knocks the front door completely in. Like, you see parts of it because the door is locked, and it just shoots in. I'll show it to you guys after. It is insane. <laughs> but, yeah, that little uh, little tent isn't going to. Well, <laughs> I, had, uh, I, have this, I have this friend of mine. He's an amazing guy. His name's Jim Van Steenhouse, and he, uh, his friend of mine in Texas, I guided him forever. The year that I went and got attacked by the wolf, he was going on a trip to the Northwest Territories, and I was like, hey – you know, he said, any last things that I need to know? And I wasn't guiding him at the time, so I was joking. I'm like, just don't get eaten by a bear. Well, when I got out of the bush, I sent him the wolf and was like, hey, check it out. Got attacked by a wolf, got him, all this stuff. And he sends me this link, and it's like this, you know, Fox News link. He got attacked. He literally got eaten by a bear. He made it, but he got absolutely mauled by this bear while he was in the Northwest Territories calling for moose. Uh, because, you know, he had actually, those bears come to that. So you just, you know, you got to watch your six and where you're standing and everything else. Like, but he did, he got mauled up. So, so good luck on your hunt next fall, man. Yeah. Appreciate <laughs> did you, it. Did you feel uh, like shit after that? So, so I've got wolves, bear, and I'm terrified to fly. So I'm pretty much, yeah. if I make it out of this trip, I'm going to feel like a badass when I come home. <laughs> well, he actually goes by the name bear man now and he's incredible. And he talks about his story all over the place. So, uh, you know, it's life changing sometimes he, he right. made it. So yeah, he made it. <laughs> I feel Austin. Austin, not much gets you worked up, but I feel like a bear might. Oh yeah, anything charging at me is going to get me worked up. <laughs> a it's, un it's unnerving, man. It's unnerving. It's 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 weird. like when you get in that quiet space and you're like, there's something. It's just unnerving, and they know they know way more than you. So. It's just be attention. You know, prepare for the worst. Yeah, hope I, for the best. I've got to get hope a good sidearm. What's a good sidearm to carry? So the reason I carry a Glock is because, A, it's waterproof. I'm in rafts a lot, right? And so I love the fact that if it falls in the water, it's no big deal. 
Um, also, I got an extended clip, so I got 15, one in the chamber, 15 in the hopper. Yep, just so in case. I figure, I figure at that point, if I can't take him down with 15, then just be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's over. Just, it's over. just right? kill me. <laughs> at least and, he's going to be really pissed off when he leaves. Yeah. Exactly. And the speed at which I can fire the Glock in comparison to like a 44 or snub nose or Ruger, in my opinion, you shoot one of those like 400, 500 grain Buffalo bore, your arm kicks up. So, you know, it's like boom and it kicks up, but you, then you have to come back down. And when you come back down, they've gained six feet. Right. So yeah, for me, yeah. the Glock, the, the Glock is just fast. Boom, 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 as fast as you can shoot. So chances are you're going to hit something, but uh, you know, I've been lucky up in this point not to actually fire, but I have drawn. Okay, you so, better knock on wood. Yeah, accuracy by volume. I like that method. <laughs> Chris, is yep, Glock a yep. sponsor? Because if not, it fucking should be. Yeah. No, no, they're not. Never even called them. Didn't even ask them. Nope. Just was like, no, nope, we're taking them. This is what we're doing because they're the best. So we just we just have carried them forever, and everyone's always sees them, and we just we've never even talked to them. Well, I'm gonna send them the link of this podcast, and I'm gonna try and get Austin a Glock too. <laughs> yeah. So what did you you yeah. said you, you said you were using a Glock 20 because these are 40 cal. I had a 23 that was 40 cal. I had a Gen 3. Yeah, this is a ten. It's a ten mil. So oh, that was a ten mil. mil. All right. Yeah, yeah, it's a ten mil. It's about the big one that I like and I carry, and and uh, yeah, it, it's just an easy gun to shoot, and it's easy to sight in, and it's just like at that point, it's just it's it's just relentless, man. I mean, you're out there, so everything you go through, that gun's on your side, and I just need something I know when I pull it, it's going to go off. You yeah, know? yeah, right. So, well, right. The, the you know, I like how you said you know accuracy by volume, pretty much like you know you fill a bear full of fifteen, sixteen rounds. If he gets you, at least he's gonna die too. So it's kind of like exactly. a, it's a rad way to go out. You know? <laughs> That's it, exactly how you want to die. It, hey, it's my dream. That's my dream, man. Like, and keep the camera rolling. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like don't even worry about it. Just that's, film it. That's yeah. some revenue like, shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it is. Is there anything that happened on any of those trips? And and I, I'm sure you. I don't know if you get tired of talking about dropped the series or not. No. But I'm I'm sure it's, it's so interesting though. It's dude, it's fascinating. It's fascinating as hell. But is there anything that like didn't make the show? Not a lot of people know about anything that like maybe something you don't talk about. You're embarrassed so, about. You know, let it loose here. Nobody listens to this you show. Can you leak can tell on our show. Yeah, you can tell us. No one listens. No, I think that most of the stuff that we film in field, uh, like if it's if it's bad or crazy or something, it's in there because it's entertaining. Uh, the stuff that people maybe not know about is the shit that happens like outside of the show, like in Dawson City on the way there in the Yukon or like in White Horse and the fun stuff that goes down and the shit that we do on the way in and out of it. But for the most part, like out there, I mean, there's been a couple times where we have literally been like okay it's a decision of death or like go back yeah like and and, and so like you know we, we've talked about that and we're like it, you know what like we'll just show it i guess you know yeah, like yeah. that's our whole thing is just show it so well is this um i heard you mentioned dawson city um can you tell us about the sour toe in dawson city <laughs> the sour toe yes there's a uh there's a uh a toe it's an actual toe off of a cadaver frozen uh toe um, that's been petrified, and there's a tiny ass little bar in Dawson City. Dawson City's like Gold Rush era shit, so it's like thoroughfares, you swing gates. I mean, it's crazy. And you go in, they were shutting down Dawson City. Um, we've been there three times. On th- on this one, we were in the bush 62 days. Uh, that's the longest we've ever done is 62 days in there at one time. And, God damn, um, sir. We- Yes, sir. Well, that, I, yeah, it was bad. That was that was. A, I won't do that again. Sixty-two days. That was that was enough. 
Um, and we came out, so like three drinks and you're just shit-faced, which was good. So, <laughs> so it was worth it. Yeah, so it was worth it. So we're blowing in the low we're, – we're blowing in the low threes and we're just like, uh, you know, having a few cocktails and there's this guy that comes in to this bar and he has this book and you can sign it. And I think I was like number 47,000 or something to actually do this. And it's like a tradition and you got to do the shot without, um, you just got to, your lips have to touch the toe. They put the toe in the shot glass <laughs> Oh no! and, and, and you got to touch the toe. And so it's like, we touched that, you know, I did the shot and, Everyone, we're doing the shot, write our names in the book, and Casey gets up there, and he goes to do the shot, and he puts the toe in his mouth, turns around, he's like, ah, and he's got it in his mouth like he's eating it, and the guy's like, no way, he's like, it doesn't count, it doesn't count, and he like freaks out on Casey, and it was like one of the funniest things ever, because he wouldn't let him sign the book for like the second time, he's like, nope, you can't do it. Because you didn't, you didn't touch it. You ate the toe. So Casey actually tried to swallow the toe, which was unbelievable. Oh so. my god! That's when you yeah. know you've been in the bush for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, what was your... one of the... so funny? It was unbelievable. I cracked up laughing. We had, we ran out of there. It was unbelievable. <laughs> what What did you drink when you get out of the bush after like sixty two days? Oh, I just went straight Tito's. I just uh, I didn't even go for the beer. I just went, yeah, I just went straight Tito's and water and called her good. And I didn't, it didn't take many, and I was there, so it was fun. No kidding, man, that's amazing. It's got to be a hard yeah. reset, man. Dude, that was that was the hardest one, I think, at that point. So I went in. I usually am right around 190 pounds, something like that, going in 185, and I, I came out about 150. Ooh. And uh, and I lost, was losing my hair, malnutrition. Like I was literally like my hair was coming out in clumps, and no it was shit. a bad setup. Yeah, that was that was the roughest one because we did a 32 day trip and we did a film for the Animal Planet. We came out for two days, three days, did the sour toe, and then went back in Alaska and uh, we did another 30 plus days in a, in there uh, on the, on a different river, on the Antioch River, actually at that point. So. By the time we were done, it was over 62 days that we were in the bush, and it was just like, oh, yeah, it was it was time. It was over. Holy so. smokes, man. That is insane. You are a bad motherfucker, man. <laughs> no, nah, man, just lucky to do what we do. The, <laughs> you talk about you talk about it like uh, readjusting. When I came out that year, we were in the hotel room, Casey and I, and you get that first shower, man, and sit down in the tub with, like, a cold beer, and it's, like, this black rim because it's the first time you've ever showered in, like, 60 days. Just all the sick coming you, off you. Yeah, and, and you realize how bad your clothes are. Like, that, you're like, what is that smell? And you're like, that was actually me, you know, like, the clothes in there, and you realize what, you know, like, man. So we, like, do all that, and I just want to crash into bed, but it's like, you know, it's like Crocodile Dundee. It's like you slept on the ground for the last 62 months, and then you get in this comfortable bed, and I'm all over the map trying to sleep. Well, it turns out like we're in there and it's like middle of the day and I'm my sleeping is all off from, you know, bear. Like you just, you don't really sleep out there. You yeah. just kind of, you're not nap. relaxed. You just kind of nap. No, you just kind of nap. So I'm like all over the place and the maid like was in the, she was in the closet and she was like trying to do something at the, in the next room and it just woke me up and I drew my 10 millimeter and flew around in case he just yells, don't shoot the maid. Cause it just was like, it was just like, the, like, and cause you can keep your guns on you in Alaska. So we were, you know, it's open carry. So we were just, we had them just out and about and I literally reached over swung and like woke up and I'm like, Oh, I'm still, I'm in a hotel room. I don't need to shoot the maid. Like we're all right. Like it was a little, little panic. Oh so, my god! The old grizzly was scratching at the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, I, I just couldn't figure out what it was and that banging noise, and it just like triggered me. I was like, boom! I was done, you know. But then eventually, it came back around, and um, but Holy yeah, with the first time, it, 
first time you eat eggs and bet like we went to breakfast and like I had a piece of toast and like two eggs and I literally went out in the parking lot and puked because my stomach wasn't ready for that because you have no carbs you have no anything just water no sugar you know what I mean so by the yeah. time you hit your body with it it's just like you just want to it's an it's overload like, it feels like yeah you feel like you're so full yeah, I, so I want that. I want my body to go through that. I feel like that's good for you in a way. Oh, yeah. It's like primal. It it drains you, man. It takes all the toxins out. Then you, then you come back and put them right back in. So. <laughs> yeah. so when you guys are up there, like you're not hunting, are you guys like fishing and trapping and do all the other shit to eat too? Yeah, yeah. Anything we can do, anything we can pick, catch, or kill, we're in. That's awesome. So you said something very cool. You said something interesting earlier when you were telling the wolf story, and I kind of wanted to tie this in about how you guys were out there. You said, like, immediately after you shot the wolf, you had enough awareness that you were like, where are there any other wolves? Did you notice you picked up a lot more work? Because, you know, you're, you said you're barely sleeping, so obviously your body knows that at any given moment you're in danger. I mean, I, I think we all live pretty comfortably. We lock our doors and we think we're good. You know, when you're yeah. out there, what what is your – when? and if you do have that awareness, when do you think that wears off kind of after you get out of there? Um, I think it, it's, it's, it's a couple weeks for sure. Like when you start to get comfortable again, but absolutely. Like I didn't have that awareness season one. Um, you know, th- those are all things that were learned over time that, that at that point, that was probably my ninth month that I've spent in the bush. Like, so in a row, like in 30 days. Right. So, and so you really start to learn when you're out there, you see more, you see how the bears react, you see all the, like it becomes a thing. And then when you come out, there's there's a month reset for sure. I mean, from noises to sounds to just, you know, getting up in the morning, it's just a different thing. It takes a while to get back into it. And then eventually your body gets used to it and you're, and you're, and you're good again. But that's the weird thing is I, ca- I can't explain it, but, like, after a bit, like right now not having done one in just over a year, like I'm, I'm literally dying to get out. Like I can't. I can't wait. That's when my wife will look at me and go, don't you need to go get dropped or something? Like this, whole, <laughs> this whole like COVID social distancing. Like, right. I mean, it's like, for me, I'm like, I'm stuck. And I'm like, I need to be out there somewhere. There's just a, like a wild thing. That's like, I got to go do it. That's so. interesting as hell. Well, if you need a, a dumb motherfucker, that's not Aaron. Uh, to come with you with some podcast, some subpar podcast equipment. And uh, be, <laughs> we're, we're in, be, be scared to death of bears. Like, yeah, we'll go with, <laughs> I just, yeah. I'll just take a leave of absence from work or just never go back. And yeah. well, hey, hey, we'll figure it out when we get back. Okay? But, hey, listen, I'm getting killed by a grizzly. I, yeah. I'm not going to get that. That's pretty yeah, much I was, yeah, I'm a replacement. I was giving Aaron shit because, you know, he came on uh, he came on the last drop. So he's done one of them with us, and we did Saskatchewan. But we had boats with motors. I'm like, man, this is like a retirement home for drop because we had motors. Now, we, all, <laughs> we, we only had like five gallons of gas, so we had to make it work. But the idea was that we could actually get from A to B without rowing, which I loved. So, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. so. It's such a cool thing. And, you know, I want to talk whitetails a little bit, you know, with Rival Wild and just some of the other things you guys do. But here, here's where yeah. I want to start with this. Um, mm-hmm. Rumor has it that you drew an Iowa tag and never went hunting in Iowa. I did do that that actually happened am i gonna get aaron fired not at all not at all (laughs) i texted aaron i'm like give me some dirt (laughs) yeah that that actually happened last year so i hunted uh five days last year and shot three bucks um hold on say that again yeah i hunted five days total five total sits not even days five total sits and i shot three bucks (laughs) 
Okay. Yeah, okay. So things so are going well. Right. Yeah. Yes. So so it, it's safe to say that like now we got our properties dialed in. But yeah, there's uh there was like I don't I can't explain it. I mean it was literally like I sat and and the very first sit uh, 15 minutes in the first shit, I, uh, first sit, I saw uh, shot 148 inch deer uh, that I've been. It's just an old five year old that we've been targeting, and like, boom, killed him. At, like 10 minutes into the first sit, kick ass. Uh, so, and then it just kept spiraling. I sat with Jason Brown. We shot uh, Deadpool was one of the deer that we shot. It was a beautiful deer. Like literally the second sit, and then I went all the way to Kansas with uh, with Rock, and we got to Kansas. And Casey and Aaron had been hunting Kansas for like a month. I got there and uh, I hunted that night. And I figured that the there's a wind shift, and I'm like, I'm going to stay in this stand because I think they're coming a different direction in the morning. Got in the stand, literally rattled, shot the first morning uh, at 7.30 in the morning, and those guys had just left to go to Iowa. And I was like, <laughs> uh, I'm like, I'm done in Kansas. I didn't even see them because I literally shot, and I was like, I'm done. And so I was going to go to Iowa, and we've been hunting with uh, a guy, Midwest Antler Company, where, where AB shot his uh, giant, the Hambino, Yep. Um, and, and so those guys were up there, but see, um, the, the Midwest antler company, he had guys in camp as well. So there was no room in camp for me to come in cause I shot so quick. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go home. I planned on being there like a week and a half or two for sure. Yeah. And I shot in the first day. So I was like, damn, so I didn't want to sit there. So I went home and once I got back here, um, we, we started another company in the middle of all this and. I ended up having to take off and go do a bunch of business on the company side. And literally I not one time that I get to go back to Iowa. So I drew a tag and I totally wasted it. So it was, it was like the saddest <laughs> day of my life. It was awful. So now you got to wait a few more years to draw that tag again. I do. I do. And I love hunting with Chad and I've killed some of my biggest bucks. Every, every buck that I've been, you know, uh, 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 thankful to be on the cover of real tree monster bucks back in the day. They all came from that same place, right? Where, where he shot the Hambino and all that stuff. So I killed some, it was like, I was literally living to do that hunt and I ended up killing three other bucks and then not hunting Iowa, which was crazy. So, <laughs> yeah. That Hambino fun. episode that I watched that today. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. That one's pretty amazing. And, and there was, I mean, you saw some of the other deer in that episode They were there and that's the farm that I was going to hunt, but there was just nowhere for me to stay. Right. So, and I, I carry a tent with me all the time and I was like, I'll just tent it out and like be good. But it just, by the time we could figure it all out, I was like, listen, I'll go back and I'll come back in prime, like, like towards the end of November. Like I'll come back. as a little colder, you know, that kind of thing. And I literally got back, got into this business stuff. And we were, again, we were running and gunning with a new production studio that we started. And next thing you know, like, I was like, it's just, it's just so busy. I couldn't, I couldn't leave. So, um, I missed out. That was the best excuse not to hunt Iowa that I've ever heard, and I don't blame you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was too busy killing other deer. Yeah, yeah. at least I killed three more, so I killed two more, and then I filmed another one, so at least I got that on my on I killed plate. a deer too fast yeah. where I couldn't hunt Iowa. Yeah. Who has yeah. said that? Who has said that before? <laughs> <laughs> Lucky, man. Luck, that's all it is. So, so we're, you know, everyone kind of has their heart in one species that they hunt based on where they grew up. It do you feel that your heart is in whitetails or do you feel that it's in like the vast land of like Alaska or something like that? That's, that's a great question, man. I think, um, I love whitetail because, um, you know, I, I'm at a point now in, the, in, in a career of hunting, like as you progress, um, you know, I love being able to grow big whitetail management of them. Like I love being able to pick a deer 
And whether I shoot that deer for three years, I'm still like, I love that challenge. Right. And so, I mean, I've passed on a lot of bucks before 150, 160 inches. We're lucky enough to hunt in great places like Kansas. And we've got leases in places like Kansas and Iowa and Ohio and Missouri and all those places. So we, we get into some really big bucks and I picked a buck out called shakes that I I've chased him now for three seasons He's got to be pushing two. I mean, he's got to be 200. I mean, he's there. Yeah. But I, I, so I'm, I, to me, I'm like, I, I want to, I want to take him. And so I've been just, so I love that part of whitetail hunting, right? Yeah. But a moose hunt, like in Alaska in the fall at that time, and like getting those moose and those giant bastards up there at like six feet. I mean, there's no other rush to me. There's no other rush like that. So yeah. I, I, I equally love them for what they both are. They're totally different. That's that's a great answer, and I kind of so I'm compared what you were saying to kind of where I'm at in my hunting world. So of course, grew up in Illinois, grew up on whitetails. I love whitetails. I always will love whitetails. But in the last couple of years, last few years, I just started cutting my teeth on hunting out west, getting experiences in different species, experience in different areas. And my dream is a moose hunt with a bow. Um, got it tattooed on me, kind of like my thing. I'm going to pursue one day. But I realized, like, as I kind of chase things out west, how vast the west is and how unknown it is for me, that really has drawn a lot of my interest. But I still love, like, when I get back and I chase whitetails, that's, like, my bread and butter. That's, like, your, where my your home. That's my home. That's where my like, true root of passion is that has led me to these other places. So it feels, it feels right chasing whitetails. But I love the unknown and the ignorance factor, almost, of chasing other shit. Um, yep. that motivates me to do that. So like I'm building up to that moose hunt, like what Austin's doing that hunt next year. And you guys are bringing bows and rifles, right? Correct. Yep. And, and so you, you are to the point where, where I'm chasing, I'm like, I'm trailing right behind where you're at Austin. And yeah, it, for me, it's more of like, uh, it's an excuse. I get to travel around and see places. So I'm hungry to see some different country and I just get to carry a bow with me when I do it. So, yeah. um, I'm more hungry to just experience different hunts and see different different country that I've never been in before. And uh, I've never heard anybody that goes to Alaska that says, well, I was disappointed or I'm never going to go back and do that again. So I'm really excited to get up there. It's, that's been the big one for me for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a bucket list. And I agree with you. Like there's the learning of the different style. And that's what this, like, that's how amazing this sport is, is it affords you the ability to go see places and, it's never ever been about the kill for me or Casey or any of our guys. It's always been about the adventure. And man, I gotta tell you, some of the greatest things we've ever done. I've never, I've never drawn my bow one time, but I've had experiences with the animals, the different stuff, including deer. And it's amazing. But, um, yeah, learning those types of things and getting outside your comfort zone in different species, like it, like I, this may or may not come as a shock. I have never been on an elk hunt my entire life. So, really? I mean, that that's a bucket list animal for me. I've never elk hunted because every year for the last nine years, I've been in Alaska for the entire month of August and September. And so I've never been able to bow hunt out there or do anything because I've been doing moose for that many times. Now I'm like on this mission to find a place and go elk hunt and get it done. Like it's, it's definitely bucket list, but I'm excited because I can't call an elk. I can call a moose all day long. Can't call an elk. Wanna learn, I want to learn it. You know, I want to learn that stuff and just kind of expand in the hunting side of things into those areas. So when you finally do go after that elk, I mean, what state is first on your radar? I mean, like, where are you mapping that out? 
Um, I've got a couple right now. So Colorado, I've been looking at Utah from a, like a over the counter type situation. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to do a DIY or get with someone that knows what's going on. Like I'm not really looking to go like full outfit situation. Not that that's bad. It's just my style of hunting. I want to like, I'd like to be out there for yeah, a while. Grid you know? a little and, more. Yeah, just off grid. And then, you know, there's some amazing tags. I just don't want to break the bank like in Arizona or, you know, on one of these, you know, reserves or when New I Mexico say reserves, like, uh, yeah, like, like, you know, some of the Indian reserves, though, like White Mountain and other things, they have amazing animals. And, and I would love that. Um, so, but I think right now I'm trying to figure out that, that DIY situation. I know the guys are putting one together right now, Lee and Casey and a couple of the guys, I think they're going to head out. Uh, in September and, and try to get one done. So I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking for it. I'm still trying to learn a lot about that side of things, but I'm excited about it. We'll see what happens in the next couple of years. I'll definitely put it together. Just got to find time for my day job of working in the office and head back out, <laughs> head, head back out there in the world. So we'll see. That's cool, man. I find that interesting that you've never done an elk hunt. That's, I have been on an elk hunt. I was unsuccessful, but man, it was so much fun. Like I'd go back and do the same hunt with no elk every year yeah. if I could, you know, it's, like kind of what you said, but just probably on a different scale of like just the experience of it. Like, you know, when Chandler mentioned Alaska, no one goes to Alaska and comes back complaining about a terrible time, um, you know, unless no. you got mauled by a bear. <laughs> but it's yeah. almost like telling the story of getting mauled by a bear kind of makes up for getting mauled by a bear in a way. <laughs> if you make it out okay with everything, everything you need to function. <laughs> with everything. <laughs> exactly. You know. Exactly. It's cool, yeah. man. Like I like your perspective on things and hearing some of your experiences is – Super interesting. Well, we talked to a lot of people, it's, you know. It's inspiring almost. It is inspiring. It, it kind of it, you motivate me on different levels. You motivate me on like the marketing brand perspective of things, of seeing an opening and filling that opening to what the industry needed when it mm-hmm. didn't know it needed it. And then from that to your actual experience of having the balls to like go on go into the bush for sixty days and then yep. suck on a cadaver toe. Like, you know, that's the, probably yeah. the most inspiring thing of this whole podcast right there. Um, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? You're from a business marketing standpoint to a hunting and experience standpoint. You're you're an interesting guy, man. It, it's super motivating. It, it, uh, it gives me something to think about. Super refreshing, well, too. It is. Well, I appreciate that, man. I think I, I do have a different perspective. I mean, from the end, from like... Uh, my mantra and the things that we live by, and, the, and I mentioned we're starting up a new company, we started up Be Alive. Be Alive is a saying that we always say is you got to be alive. Whatever that is, whatever makes you be alive, go do. If, 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 you know, if being a plumber makes you be alive, do it, right? Yeah. If, 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 if hunting whitetail, like life is short, and, and listen, I mean, not to get into like some crazy shit, but, I, you know, I back about 13 years ago, April 19th, I got hit by a truck and died uh, at like 62 miles an hour and I was dead. And so oh, I, so, you know, I always say, you always say like, you only get one life except me. I get two. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, so three, from, four. from, but I think that's, that's, that's in me at all times. Like to, 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 like you mentioned, inspire, like for me, I, I know what it's like to like in a blink of an eye, it's over. Like I know that cause I've actually been there. So my, that, that changed the course of my life and, and it's like be alive and, and the things that we do in the outside, whether it's hunting or it's adventure, camping, whatever it is, it's like, it's there, just go do it. There's really nothing that stops you from doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think like for me, it's positivity. Like uh, you see all this shit on Instagram and all these things that are out there that's like negative And it's like, man, for me, it's positivity. So no matter what the noise is saying, like if you just stay positive and go, um, great things happen. You know, it just takes time. 
you know, yeah. any, anything great is not easy, period. So at the end of yeah. the day, if you just keep going, the next thing you know, you look back like, you know, you start your podcast, you had episode one. And now you look at it and you're like 300 and whatever. It's huge, right? Like you've yeah. done that many. And so you look back and you're like, holy shit, that was fast. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's just it's just staying at the grind and it's the hustle to do it. And yeah. the outdoor industry is no different. I just happened to find happiness in that and then made it my job on the camera and then off the camera as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude, that's super yeah. It's super smart, super inspiring. I'm sure a lot of people are going to gain motivation from this episode. For sure. And by the way, I do really appreciate you actually listening to the show you know, we talked yeah. uh, talked before the podcast, and you were telling me like you basically like, oh yeah, listen to you guys like, and you were telling me shit that you'd only tell me if you listened. You know, right. versus you know, there's some people say they listen, I know they don't, which whatever. Like, <laughs> well, I, you know I, that by talking to them for a few I minutes. don't, you know, I don't right. care though. Like, right. it, I get what they're doing. It is it's what just, it is. It's part of the game, but no. you, you actually do listen. and I do really appreciate that, man. No, man, I do. I mean, every you know, I see you guys put a new podcast out. I love listening. Like, you guys are you know down to earth, just like you know, chill out. There's no ego. I love it. It's like, let's just talk. Let's have a great time. So that's why I got drawn into that podcast. I've heard a lot of them, right? And I, I, in the mornings I go into my barn. It's like my little homemade gym. That's how I start my day. Go into it. And I, I throw it on, man. And I listen to what's going on while I'm getting into it. And then as soon as I, I'm ready to go, switch it to the music. And then I get in the truck and I'm on my way. I listen to you guys. Like, you know, listening to Mark Drury the other day, it's, it's awesome because for me, <laughs> I've known Mark and Terry for such a long time. I have so much respect for that whole family, all of them. And they've been so kind to me in the outdoors and my brother and everybody. And it's like, I'm listening to him. I'm going, hot damn, Mark, that is a damn good tip. I didn't think. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like you got to be kidding me. You know, so uh, listen, I, you don't claim to know it all. I've known him my whole, like literally for 20 years. And I'm like, I, I never asked him that question. That's a hell of a deal right there. I start doing that on my farms. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't claim to be the, a professional at everything, man. I just love and I have a passion for it. That's it. Period. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That says a lot about who you are, too. Like it's And it means a lot to us, too. Yeah, it definitely does. It, de- it definitely does. That's insane, actually. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I don't know if hang and bang is a term. that I know that a lot of people have used that term throughout the years, but I was watching your guys' show one time, and I heard the term hang and bang. I heard on the episode and, I watched today. I can't remember which episode and I was, it was. I was like, I wonder if that if they like got that from us or if that's something they always said. I, well, I, no, because that episode they launched like four months ago. We're good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. yeah, yeah. No, I think for years Casey has used like his thing is he hunts completely different than me. We have two completely different styles of hunting, so I like to get in tight and figure out what's going on, right? Casey is a we call it gas and glass, so he likes to scout <laughs> a lot. He, get, he drives around and scouts for a long time, and I actually like I'm like I want to see what's happening in the stand, right? Yeah. But Casey, I, I can't say I can't say that it's not working because Casey has like. 10 times the bigger deer than I do, right? So at the end of the day, I'm like, maybe there's something to this thing that he's got going on. <laughs> but basically, him and Aaron will gas and glass, and they will find a deer. They'll watch that deer for days and days and days on end, and then they will hang and bang. They will literally go in, put the stand up, and they, they've shot Megatron that way. They've shot, uh, you know, the, the Hambino that way. They've shot, I mean, they have killed some giant deer with the hang and bang. And I we've always just said it kind of behind the scenes, like all the time. We're just like, it's a hang and bang setup, right? So yeah. I think it's the episode of of Hambino when they moved stands and they said, yeah, we just came in and did a hang and bang right in here. Yep, yep, that's what they did. And they did it for Megatron a couple years ago, and they did it on uh, – he shot a giant uh, 218, I think, up in uh, uh, up in Alberta, and they moved uh, they moved some stands around and did some shit there and did a spot and stock. And so there's all kinds of, – they've just been doing it for years. So though it's really AB and, and Casey are the ones that do a ton of hang and bangs. That's awesome. Well, that's yeah. You can't argue that it's effective. So, 
It, it absolutely is. I mean, <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, my hours in tree and then his like 30 minutes and he kills a 190. I'm like, all right, that's awesome. Right. That's right? awesome. Fuck you guys. Yeah, good yeah, for you. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. No, it, I, that's amazing to see him do it. So I love it. That's awesome, man. Well, hey, dude, we really appreciate you coming on the show. We appreciate you actually listening and sharing all these crazy stories. I hope that you'll come back and tell more crazy stories Absolutely. on the podcast. Um, yeah. we, we really have loved having you on. And Aaron was okay, but you were a lot better. And, and, uh, <laughs> listen, if, if that's the only dirt AB gave on me, I'm dialed, man. No, no, that's easy. No, yeah, but, yeah, no, absolutely. AB. I'll come back anytime. <laughs> anytime you guys want. I think Casey and I will be in that area. We'll stop in the studio next time and drink a cold one and, and shoot the shit. Dude, absolutely. Hit me up. We'll have a fresh case of Bush Light, you know. and uh, We'll have two cases for you. Yeah, we'll bring two. Yeah. One, one for each of the twins. You'll need them. You'll need them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anybody got anything else to close? Hey, you know, real quick, where if everyone is interested in finding anything you guys do, because I imagine you guys have like a list of websites and everything, because you guys have so much going on. But where can yeah. people find you guys? So I think the number one thing is, and and uh, just to touch on before we before we head out, is the new kind of consolidated brand. So we've done Drop, we've done Rival Wild, and now we we're started Humanimal. A lot of guys will see that out there. It's Humanimal. Um, the website is I am Humanimal. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing a lot of podcasting stuff. We're working with other companies. We're bringing in digital YouTube. The Kiefer Brothers YouTube is, is now Humanimal. And if you're looking up like all of our stuff, every, like everything except for drop is on YouTube. So there's tons of content, seasons worth of shit. And, uh, really it's exciting to launch Humanimal coming up this fall and, and really just, bringing everybody in the game like these guys have been with us for years and we're excited to kind of let let the you know they're not just behind the camera they're also in front of the camera and we're building out the uh humanimal brand and the idea is like if you're a humanimal like perfect equal part human and animal like we all are as hunters then you know we love hearing like your story so hashtag i am humanimal and show us your deer and let's let's uh let's get it out there and tell the world so that's 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 our newest thing is uh, the human animal and it's on sportsman channel i think wednesdays at like nine or something like that is the new show very That's cool awesome. man very, very, cool. very cool and then any way we can help out with that you know just let us know and we'll definitely support it yeah absolutely yeah yeah for sure guys i i, I love it i appreciate the time and uh, bringing me on so lots to talk about so we'll have to do a part two Absolutely. All right, I'm all on board. So part two, part three, part four. Quick, quick roundtable, Eric. You got anything? <laughs> no, just thank you for the uh, inspiration, being so humble, man. It's been uh, been an honor to have you on. Well, Austin, are you scared? It. I'm I'm terrified, but uh, I, I like the I like to be alive saying. So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that in my head and uh, <laughs> embrace yeah, it, especially when I'm in the depths of Alaska. Just remember, be alive. <laughs> That's right. That's right, man. Yeah, uh, Chris, it's been awesome to hear hear your story and hear how you guys went from hockey to now you guys are the uh, the handsome brothers of the hunting industry and not the <laughs> band. You know, If you're a hockey guy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, yep. Yeah, man, you guys are out there killing it, dude, and you got an awesome thing going, and I'm excited to see what you got in the future. I uh, appreciate it, guys. I really do, and uh, keep doing what you're doing because uh, people are listening, and, and, and one by one, man, things are changing, so keep it up. That's right. Dude, One is better it. than zero. Remember that. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.